Topping Talks. Hundred and five hours a week can't be beat. Welcome to Topping Talks. Topping Talks is a Topping Tribune production. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Topping Technologies and ExpressVPN. Topping Talks is also on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Stitcher. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day, I have to say. Quite handsome and brilliant. If you're a business in Texas and can use a hand, you can reach them at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, are you part of the 3.6% of Americans who still care about their privacy? If you are, then perfect ExpressVPN can assist. Even though 96% of stats are made up on Sprout, ExpressVPN does give 100% guarantee via their 30-day back money guarantee. Now, without further ado, I'm proud to say today I'm interviewing Xavier Kelly, who is the co-founder of Kelly's Rentals. Thanks so, thanks so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. So winding back the clock a little bit, tell me about kind of how you got first introduced to IT and your family, and it sounds like you've been in it for a while. Yeah. So um, my aunt went to MIT, um, and her and my uncle, they met there. And then that's when I spent a lot of time, like, basically we spent all our summers with them. Mm-hmm. And they always push on next. We see what they're working on, and I got to see a different type of world, just, you know, you know, just being around with them and stuff like that. Right. So, like, you know, my aunt was a big programmer. Um, my uncle started starting little small businesses on the side oh, cool. and learning things like that. Um, my aunt's more on the, I'll say, on the SQL side, mm-hmm. doing all the database and everything like that. Um, so I just started learning a lot, and then they kept like, putting little things on us and having us do this, do that, and, you know, and, like, you know, you need to learn how to do this. Like, I told her I wanted to start a software company. Right. And she said, you want to start a software company, but you don't know how to build any software. And <laughs> yeah. I said, I don't need to, I have you. <laughs> and so, you know, kind of like that. And so that's kind of generally kind of where I kind of started at from my family side. My uncle um, bought, um, my cousin's um, dad, my uncle bought, uh, what do you call it, a laptop? Oh, yeah. And then it was like an old laptop. And I started just like making like website. It's a, it's a site called like Homestead or Homestead. I don't know what it's called, something like yeah. that. And I started doing like plug and play websites and doing a little bit of CSS and then, Kept be building from there. That's awesome. I know you've been an entrepreneur for a while too. I think your first uh, first entrepreneurial endeavor was a little bit of lawn mowing. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. So um, me and so one, one summer I was like, I asked my mom if I could buy something. She said no. Yeah. And I was like, oh dang, what am I gonna do? Right. <laughs> and so we had a lawnmower in there, mm-hmm. and then I was cutting our grass, and someone asked, can I cut their grass? The next door neighbor, I was like, oh yeah. And I was yeah. saying like, you know, the most money I can think at the time was twenty bucks. Oh yeah. So I was like, okay. Let me you do it for 20 bucks. And then after that, I started realizing that like other people in the neighborhood wanted to, um, you know, cut yards and stuff like that and want to make money. And we, even though we spent it all at Seven Eleven, but you know, we want oh, to yeah. do something and buy <laughs> stuff. So then I started getting neighborhood, neighborhood kids. And then we st- we start basically cutting yards all over the neighborhood, riding my go-kart and like a wagon oh, really? and then putting it in the back and just driving. It's pretty good on that. That's awesome. I think you were telling me earlier you built a website for it too. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the first thing I did. I took the um, I learned stuff I learned from a homestead, and I built a um, just a small forms on there. So just basically, so like so they can put information in. And then I would leave these door hangers on oh, yeah. every single door. So if I would knock on the door, ask them if I, we could do some stuff with them. Um, and then I would leave the door hangers over with the website on there. The website was terrible. More than 10 people got onto it, it would crash. Yeah. But um, it helped me get a lot of different people. And then that's when I started getting into 
to basically um I was trying to do SEO. Oh, really? when, I, when I did it at the beginning, it, yeah. didn't, it didn't work. Uh-huh. And so, cause you know, it, it didn't work. It takes, you know, it takes longer, mm-hmm. but then I was like, I need to find a different way. And then I seen, Oh, they have ads, uh, 10 cents a click. I might be able to do this. Oh, they yeah. were cheap then. 10 cents. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It was oh, cheap. This is like, deal. it was like 2000 and like, on like seven, eight. It was, it was early. Oh, yeah. Sundays in that part. Damn. You're way, you're working a lot smarter than me. I, so I had my little lawn care company is one of my first entrepreneurial endeavors when I was growing up as a kid. And I remember I just basically used a couple dozen ink cartridges for my dad and just printed out, you know, hundreds of flyers to put all the info on it and went door to door kind of asking him, Hey, you need someone to mow your lawn? Here we go. Yeah. It's like, you get a couple hits from that, but yeah, I wasn't even. Yeah. But if you, if you did enough, I just knock on the doors and stuff worked out really well. Um, I, um, one thing at first, we, I, I did some shady stuff at first. Oh, yeah. I'll be like, oh, I'm saving this up to, uh, so we can go to school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, people want, I don't know if people believe me or not, oh, yeah. but, you know, we used to do stuff like that. Then, like, my cousins came to stay. And so I was like, oh, well, y'all going to go work too. Yeah. And so, you know, we were running out there. I, I really think the door hangers and then the ads work perfectly. If I oh, knew how much they actually worked and actually, actually understood it, I, I still have a lawn care company right now. Oh, right. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> You know, school started and had and we just did people's job on the weekend. Oh yeah, on there. It's one of those funny things where it's like you never know life is going, where life is going to take you, and there's so many variables that go into even building out something that seems as simple as lawn care. It's like no, you got to get taken to all the costs you don't think about. It's like you know, not just the gasoline for the mower, but you also have the oil, the maintenance. Then you know, how do you grow the business and how do you get new clients, which is you know yeah. one of the hardest things. Yeah, I know my um, my granddad um, told me because he let me use one of like two of his lawnmowers, and he told me I need to start paying him rent for him to lease him. <laughs> really? Which I guess is my first time getting knowing about the, the rental industry. Yeah. <laughs> he never charged me, but he said it, and I used to always think about it too. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I need to raise my prices up, or it's not going to be able to work. Sorry. I can't pay him twenty dollars a day for this if you know if I don't cut this many yards and stuff. So it was that was interesting. It, it gets the mind, it gets the mind thinking, right? Yeah. And then I think your next was your next entrepreneurial that was the cell phone company. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it, my brother does it now. Like, makes lots of money, way more than I ever made. So, um, when I got into college, I need to, you know, I, I was trying to do something entrepreneurial on that part. Oh, yeah. And most of the way I had success was more practical, you know, physical items like that. Mm-hmm. So, I went to buy a phone. So the first, so I went to buy, I went to buy an iPhone because I, I just had one in mine's broke. I think it was like the five or something like that. Yeah. And so um, I, I put posters up around UNT's campus and said, you want to sell your iPhone? And you have a little tab. You can pull it yeah. and you can call me. That. And I built a little small website where they can put what iPhone they in and it'll tell them how much we'll pay for it. Oh, that's awesome. And then um, so so that's kind of like I started right there. And then I was like, well, I need to, um, you know, I need to try to make some more money from this right here. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any money to to actually like buy the phones. Yeah. So I had a friend, I knew he came from a pretty well off family and so that. And so like he had some cash and stuff. So he would front me the money and then I would take that money and then flip it to get more money. And then he would then end up working out a deal where he'll basically, anytime I need any phones, I basically would do some type of loan agreement with him. Like yeah. he'll get a, de- a portion of the, each deal oh, yeah. on there. And, and and so like, that's kind of where like, I was like, mainly, yeah, on that part. It, it was crazy though. Cause like, you would get phones, mm-hmm. and then some of the phones wouldn't like. They'll be like iPhones, but like the outside, but the inside is like an Android. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then like, um, people would tell you all these crazy stories to get more money. They were, they were like, "This is my granddad's phone. He oh, died and stuff." Yeah. And I'm like, "This phone just came out yesterday." So how does this phone? And you have to watch out for the scammers out there. Oh yeah. Um, but like it was tons because each phone you might 
we might actually make a hundred to two hundred dollars off of each phone. Oh, and wow. And if we're getting like thirty people from our little notes all over all the buildings in UNT mm-hmm. calling every week and we'll meet them up. Very sketchy. We did it kind of like it was like drug deals. Yeah. But it, you know, <laughs> so point, like you didn't have like a brick and mortar, like a suite, the campus or a no. building. You just kind of meet up face to face. Yeah, we met up face to face. And then we took those phones and we sold them to a person in Harry Hines. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Down in Harry Hines. Um, it was this shop and they basically fixed phones and stuff right, like that. A little repair. Yeah. yeah. So he, he would buy them from us, mm-hmm. which I didn't understand at the time that if he, we probably could sell them for more. Yeah. But it was just, you know, because then, you know, if you get 10 phones, you got, you know, you got $2,000, so yeah. it was an easy way to go through it. Absolutely. And then you don't have to worry about all the complexities of fixing those things because they're not, they're not engineered or put together with the intention of being fixed. They're glued. It's, yeah. that's, a, yeah. that's a whole industry in and of itself, too. Yeah, because like, we used to um, fix the screen sometimes. Oh, really? And, you know, in the fives, like you said, they're, like, terrible. Because, yeah. like, now you just chip them off and you go and you paste the whole screen. You have to pull yeah. it off, pull the battery off of it. Um, you have to go through and make sure you seal it in there's like a whole bunch of seals on the back, bottom of the phones that if it gets broken, you can't, you can't take it back in. Mm-hmm. Um, we will open the phone sometimes and you'll realize there's like these red marks and the red marks in the phone has water damage. And like, Oh, oh geez. and then you have to decide on if you're going to do the right thing and, and tell people or not, we got to do the right thing. Cause I didn't want anybody to sell me another phone like that. Oh yeah. Of course. But like, you know, we start, we did try to, we did fix them. We fixed like, um, probably like, at least a hundred of them, I would say. Oh wow! Yeah, like, but like when you fix the phones, you don't make as much money. I didn't realize at the time. So like, we would fix a phone, and you're gonna make like fifty bucks. Oh really? Just because after the phone prices, getting the stuff in there, and then like um, just, the, the components, the labor, yeah. or then you might even have to offer a warranty or something like that. So yeah. if, it, if it does break, then you have to eat the whole cost. And, yeah, that was bad, especially when yeah. like someone who buys a lot from us, mm-hmm. and like it was, it was my it was a. That's my other friend named Nick. Well, no <laughs> <way>. <laughs> Nick's perhaps to be out there, but um, so like um, we would fix them, and then like like you said, we were giving them people. Then if they didn't work and stuff, so people want their money back. Mm-hmm. And like especially when you have somebody who might buy five phones from you, you know, a yeah. month or something like that. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing with those five phones. They probably were doing what the other person doing, so reselling them, right. taking our low prices and reselling them. Yeah, but um, you know. I, we saw, we was like, oh, well, we're going to have to give you another phone or take back eat the cost or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, we're young. We've already spent the money and stuff, so we got to sell yeah, another creative. phone to pay it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to move money around. Make it work. Yeah. We, I, I, we made it work on that part. It was, oh, yeah. it was actually pretty good. I actually liked it. Now my brother does it. And, oh, really? You know, he might make like, some weeks he makes like $20, $30 a month doing it. I'm oh, like, wow. crazy. You know, because that would spread over like two years of me kind of playing mm-hmm. around and doing that stuff right there. What was your favorite part of the job? Um, I just talking to the people. Yeah, I like talking to them, and then like um, actually being able to negotiate the deals down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just with the prices because like they'll start with like you know I want four hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, the phone's brand new, five hundred, so you can't. Like that. And then <laughs> yeah. we would want to get it for a hundred because that's technically the the, the, the now I know the low street value. Yeah, of it. Um, so negotiating, working our way through there. Telling people you're gonna walk away from deals that you technically were not going to, and just oh, yeah. playing all the games along that lines, it was kind of really interesting. And then like finding like the actual sources of where we do the other stuff, like finding the person that's gonna pay us the most for each phone. Mm-hmm. So we have because we didn't take the phones and resell them to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, like like so my brother makes more money. He, he he buys them and then fixes them and then resells them to the end user. Mm-hmm. We bought them to another company, then they resell them to the end user or send them off across seas. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we didn't know that much about the the, the whole system at the time, oh, yeah. um, but um, just like trying to figure out the system and getting a plan together, and just so we can make some extra money because you know it's good to make a couple extra grand a month. You know, as a college student. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 
crazy at that time. Oh, college ain't cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, we were on scholarship at the time, so we were just oh, banking yeah. everything. <laughs> oh, for so, you then, so the whole thing was getting banked. But like, it, it you know, it interfered with other things. Oh, of course, yeah, you yeah. got to like late night, and someone be like shady, like, hey, eleven o'clock. Yeah, um, I'm gonna meet you over here by Victory Hall, and I'm like. What? What the heck <laughs> is going, going on? on? You mean the cut over here? Like, what do you mean? Like, what? Like, and then you go there, and it's, it'd be just text, so you don't know who it is. Oh, yeah. and then it'd be like some sweet young girl just in there, like, "Hey, I got my phone right here." Like, oh, it's like okay, yeah, it's okay. But then you like, what? The? What's going? Why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why? Why here like, now? I'll be the person in the hood. <laughs> over there. And then when do you move on from there? Was that the, the software company? It was uh, told you? Yeah, I, I might be butchering the pronunciation. Yeah. So, um. I guess at the same time, I started doing. Um, I I started really getting to um depth into building software. So mm-hmm. my uncle came out with a um software called Create Automate, and it's basically um it it's a it's a high level programming language that to use. I think he built it on top of Ubot, mm-hmm. which I think uses Python on there. So on there, so he was sh- he was building that. He was making money. He was making a good like ten twelve thousand dollars a month from that. And so when he started doing that, that's when I tell my aunt like I have an idea that I think I want to do. So I was like, well, I want to build um, you know, a marketing software, something that can help basically my whole thing was do the marketing for you yeah. and make it. So I started off with it as a reporting dashboard. So we built this overview marketing solution um, dashboard and it had it where you can like put all your emails in it. And I, I built a, um, an integration into like MailChimp into like in like SendGrip. Oh, nice. And then I then another one was like, um, you know, we did like YouTube. You can put in your comments and stuff inside of it. Mm-hmm. Facebook, I you know, built integration for that. And then like, there's like five or six other different platforms on there. And then like Google ads, Bing ads. So you can manage all of them at the same time. You can make a campaign for one ad and then go across Facebook ads, Bing and everything like that. Really? Automatically? Yeah. That's invaluable because that, that's it a was, lot of time. Yeah, yeah. They have it now. It's a lot of time. Yeah. I think like Ad Expresso does it. Mm-hmm. All place. My software is not like theirs at all. It was terrible. Like I said, I think I, t- right. I told you earlier, like you'd be on it and then be like, Okay, I want to increase the budget by fifty dollars, and it'd be like five thousand dollars. <laughs> it was like small bugs in it because, like, um, I, I wasn't really organized enough to get my name and situation down for my inputs. Right. Um, so, like, um, like I would be calling this um input, even though you know it needs to be a different one. Because yeah. I, you know, I was just trying to make stuff happen right. real fast. Well, you're learning, yeah, yeah, and there. And the reason why I even started that because my aunt kind of got on me, and she was like. Um, like if you can't start a software company, if you don't know how to build software in yeah. my head, I was like, I guess I can. Cause if I can sell it, then yeah. you would just build it yeah. and not have nothing to worry about. It. <laughs> but it didn't work out that way. Yeah. On there. She was like, I didn't sign up to be a business partner yet. Where's yeah. the paperwork? She did not sign up to be a business partner. <laughs> I was trying to, I've been trying to convince her yeah. and still haven't signed up <laughs> on there. Yeah. And then we went into, um, and then that's when I, I did that. And then, a couple people kind of took notice of it, not of the actual software, but that I was trying to build stuff in the industry. And that's kind of when I went into Toja and it was a lazy, her name is Susan. Um, she, um, she has a marketing firm. Um, it's just all social media and she's growing people's Instagram, Twitter, um, and yeah, and Facebook accounts. And so they want to create a tool that they can use internally that they're going to eventually spread out to us. And so it's just a reporting dashboard. Um, and then a content scheduler. So this is, you know, earlier when content scheduling was big, when Hootsuites were blowing up and stuff. Oh, yeah. And so um, so basically from there, I went in there, simpler design. I built out the cleanest design I ever used. Mm-hmm. Um, we um, went through all the processes, got all the things in place where you can get everything to schedule. It shows up. We did the reporting exactly as you wanted to. Um, I figured out how to make certain um, metrics that they didn't have available, how to make those and stuff like that. And, and then, you know, it worked out really well, look scale, but then like 
we got to the point where like they're like, oh, it's, it's like finicky things on there. What kind of things? So like, so like, the colors might have been off on this one spot. Yeah. The spacing and you know all this, you know, the details for the most part. Yeah. And so um, I had to go through and fix all those things, and then the company was taking all its profits from doing all the management mm-hmm. and then putting it in for me to do this. And you know I was getting paid a lot, but I was yeah. I would get a chance to build stuff, and then they were pitching it to investors. So like that, so you know, I was thinking, okay, this is my, this might be my break, maybe. Yeah, it's your opportunity. Yeah, my opportunity right here, and I built the whole thing in Python using the Django, mm-hmm. um, and I was, you know, which is you know, during the framework on there, um, so for, for Python, um, so I was like, okay, well, I'm learning this right here, and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in this industry. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a program. And I thought yeah. that's what that's what I thought at the time. Yeah, and then um, Sally knows like probably wasn't my. My best thing on that part, but I did. I thought, I thought the work was pretty good. I thought we um, put the system together. It looks really nice. I have photos somewhere. I need to. I need to send them to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, pull them up. Yeah, and then um, so Susan went through. She tried to pitch it. I don't think it worked the way they want to because they want to spend money on the part of the company. I believe that was um, the most, you know, making the most money, which was the actual management portion. Like the human, like humans, yeah. the yeah, human consulting management where you're having people go out and yeah. tell them, hey, this is what you should do and that kind of Yeah, you know. so they wanted to spend money on that. And the whole point yeah. of the system eventually was to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we were just at a dashboard that does that's you know, you schedule your posts and you can see the reports and stuff. Yeah. And the reports were detailed, but not like detail of stuff you might see now mm-hmm. on there. And so that's kind of how we work from there. And I like really hone my craft of how like actually how to build stuff and release it. Because we used to do bills every week and then release them every week. Yeah. So oh, wow. the, yeah. So it'd be like I would, I would think I would be finished and then and then every week would be new changes. It was only be new changes. Like okay, we need to do this. The investors the said they're not going to invest until they do this. And oh jeez. That happened for a long time, and that's when I kind of learned that like, you know, people who want to put money in going to put money in, and yep. uh, and and if you need to have this specific feature for someone to invest, they're probably never going to invest into you. Yeah. That's the. That's a tricky thing with startups and a lot of entrepreneurs. A lot, unfortunately, a lot of entrepreneurs learn that the hard way. It's like the investors will be like, "Oh yeah, if you just make these one or two changes, then we'll invest." Like, well, a lot of people don't realize every change, no matter what product or software, every change costs money, and you're self-investing at that point. Still, it's like, well, you're gam- well, like a lot of small businesses, you know, gambling on yourself, and that's that's gotta be so frustrating. It's like, oh yeah, we made all these changes. Investors are like, well, now we need more changes or different changes. It's like. It makes sense to a certain extent, of course, but it's also it's like, you know, what's their yeah. real what's their real intent? Are they a serious? And are they a serious invest perspective investor? Yeah, I, I thought I'm. Yeah, you were completely right. I wish I knew about the time. Yeah. I understand. I don't think she knew too. Um, from what I last time I checked, I know that her um, the business is doing pretty well. So for her on that part, I don't think they put out the software exactly how they wanted to. Yeah. But you know, social media blew up. All this money got pushed into it, and I think we ended up scrapping that part of the project, and then they went. You know, she went out to do her more stuff, and that's kind of when I went into, um, you know, because, like, technically between that right there, I was doing that at the same time when, like, I was at, like, Daybreak, which was, like, my first kind of, like, right. big, um, I would say, like, real job that was not, um, that was actually in the industry mm-hmm. and not just me testing stuff, you know, online and yeah. actually getting to use it. So I was kind of doing that in between, and I was just wanting to be part of startup, the startup world because, oh, yeah. you know, I read, like, TechCrunch and, like, Oh, yeah. All the other places I see, like um, exciting, you know, like yeah. you know, like like Y Combinator. I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm trying to like figure out how can I f- find myself into this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have the same background as a lot of other people yeah. out there, so I'm like, how can I figure myself out to, to work in this? And I'm trying to find people 
it's kind of hard because most people are not actually like building a whole bunch of things and the people who are building stuff are building so that's why you don't see them yeah that's true <laughs> so it was yeah it was uh, i i like the experience that i had uh i think it was obviously challenges along the way um like you know learning how to manage a team because it was me at the time with one other person and it was like and it was kind of difficult because, you know, I still had my complex issue, which I just recently got finished with it, maybe a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. where I would try to do everything. I want to be the Superman. Yep. I want to finish the project. And but working with someone else, you can't do that when both of you guys are working yeah. in the you know the code base. That's one of the hardest things for leaders and entrepreneurs to learn. Because, I mean, if you build a company, as you know, you know, it's your baby. You want to have as much control. You want to make your me, me. That's the hardest thing I had to learn when I started my company. I'm a, uh, in many ways a perfectionist and. Eventually, I learned, like, okay, I got to let my team just, you know, let them do it. They have a lot more experience than me, and the best results are always when you let the smart people do the smart things. So I just tell them, hey, here's the goal. Here's the goal. Get there however you want. Like, yeah. <laughs> do you um, – let me ask you guys. So, yeah, shoot. Um, um, do you, um, like, are you hiring more journalists now or more specialists right now? Um, which, which way are you kind of leading towards? In terms of our IT resources? Yeah. Um, a lot of specialists, we, our security team is growing the most in terms of the things our clients are demanding from us. We got a couple there in the infrastructure, like traditional IT infrastructure, like, you know, storage servers and networking. And it really is security services and services that are growing the most. Cause a lot of our clients are having that issue where they're having budgets cut, they're having people leave and they still have to meet all these different goals. They, their management wants them to hit all these marks, but they have less internal resources. So is how do we provide the most value and provide them the most flexibility? You know, take the stuff, say, take the things off of their plate that they don't want to focus on. And a lot of folks, especially, just stretch thin for IT security, especially in DFW. Yeah, I know some of our clients who have had SKUs or not SKUs, uh, job requisition openings for over a year trying to find like a security analyst. And even if they make an offer, like there's one client we had, there's a manufacturing company, and they put off you know an offer because they had a good interview, and within two days that person had three other offers for 20 to 50 grand more piece like oh my gosh it's it's such a shortage in the industry both locally and in the u.s so we're trying to see how can we supplement this with technology as well as our team like you don't have to do all security on your own we can assist you know what parts are you comfortable with having assistance with so that's why when i found the company we started with the philosophy of networking and security because i knew no matter how much how many things go to the cloud you'll always have to connect to the cloud and connect it to the cloud securely. So that's where we invested most of our resources when we started the business in 2017. And we've got a couple more on the infrastructure side, and we're even starting to do a little bit of you know desktop, laptops for our clients. And But those are usually coming from current client demands and asking us to provide more for them, which is a privilege to provide more value to our current clients. And in terms of when we're going out looking for resources, is it is still about growing our security practice. So a, a very long answer to yeah. short question. I'm sorry. But it's in front. Yeah, because that's kind of where I'm at. And I've been thinking about like, you know, like we bought, we, we, no, we, bought, we, <laughs> we basically hired a lot of um, people who are, who are generally good at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And that's been working out. But like, like, I think now like time like to get really specialized on things. And right. I see, I see like you know, how, how you doing anything like that. I think like that might be a way that we need to start focused on it. Cause like you said, like, right. how do you let people, you know, go and, you know, and not really, not really where you're in a position where you're always doing all the work on that part. Exactly. And over the last two years, I've been drawn back. Like, I don't make any de- the deliveries jumping forward. I'm sorry. I don't have to oh, yeah, all good. Yeah. Jumping. I don't make any deliveries. I don't do any of the answer the phone calls. I'm not even on the second line. What the managements are yeah. It's more like, um, this is the direction we're going on there and just hiring the right people. Mm. 
And that's like everything I think about it, like all day, like, like, am I going to hire somebody for the specific task? We're going to focus on doing that. Or we're going to hire another journalist who can do everything. And then like, and cause like, you know, when you hire a journalist, you kind of like, if, if the stuff don't work out, you can move them over here, move exactly. them over there. It, but like, you never get deep into it. And I, I tell like, you've gotten like deep into the process oh, yeah. you know, where people like know more than you do. Oh, they, they all know more than me. So I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, my, one of my mentors is, and it's a popular saying is you always surround yourself with people smarter than you. So I, I like to know, I tell people I know a fair amount about business and marketing and I read a lot of books and that's what my degree is in. Uh, but when it comes to the technical proficiencies, I know concepts, but my, I always hire people who are infinitely smarter than me because I know they're going to do the best that they can for the clients. And it, it is something I always debate with, if, you know, if it, depending on the flow of the company and the economy and the trends of the industry, would it be better to have a generalist or a specialist? So we have a couple generalists, but overall, it's mainly folks that have specific skill sets. But it is all got, about good people. If the person has a positive attitude and good work ethic, and they are willing to learn, I'm willing to take a risk on them because I know they're going to give their all. And even if that's, I think that's a, a lot of when people grow the most is when you give them the opportunity where, hey, here's another project. You might have only worked on this once or twice, but we'll have a mentor or, you know, your manager overseeing you. So they're going to let you do it. And if they see something, they're going to, you know, make sure they step in appropriately so the client is comfortable and you get the re- best results. But it also gives that person an invaluable opportunity to learn, grow, and develop. And, and that's, I think, the key to retaining talent in such a competitive industry with the labor, labor shortage in the U.S. is giving people the opportunity to grow and then rewarding them when they do perform well and they do grow. So it, it is interesting. We have a couple of generalists who can do a couple of things great, but with the type of clients that we have and the type of trends we're seeing, I think right now the specialist trend is continuing to grow. Because yeah, yeah, I think like I think in both businesses, eventually you work towards that. I'm, right. I'm pretty sure you start off with some journalists. You can work on different things, and you went like, "We gonna do specifically this." Oh yeah, so forward. yeah, like when we started, we had one or two folks that were kind of more generalists. So they had a more diverse experience in the data center where they did a little bit of storage, a little bit of networking, a little bit. But most of the team roster were people who had a lot of security expertise and a lot of networking expertise, so that we can kind of drive home those two points where we're meeting with prospective clients, be like. You know, we do have the, you know, you got the bench, we have the team that can do all of your IT if that's what you want. But here's the two areas where we really succeed. And it's because of this talent, because of these folks that we can really assist your business in these areas. If that's something you're looking for. Yeah. I, I know now you said a data center. I remember the first time I ever went to data center. And oh, really? like, is one in Dallas. First, I didn't know it was a data center. Yeah. You know, it, it's the mirror place. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I go down there. I think Equinox or um, has part of, has a building next to it now. Oh, yeah, they do. So I remember going down there. And this is when I'm, I'm working at, um, at All Blue Solutions and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and I'm doing the all digital marketing over there. Mm-hmm. And so... So um, we go in there, we go through this cage door and like, you know, like, like it only right. opens from one side and you only can go in and yep. the other person go out. And I'm like, this is way too crazy. This is too secure. So I was thinking to myself, like, for some computers, then so, I, now, yeah. so James Bond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I, then I didn't realize that we go over there, we go to our like little small, like 10, we have 10 racks or something like that yeah. compared to, it was, it was actually a lot now I think about it, but it was 10 racks right there. But then we look to the left. I'm like, okay, like, who's this over here? I'm thinking, like, who's in here? Yeah. And I see, like, Facebook's in there. I'm like, whoa. And they oh, yeah. have, like, this whole side over here. Oh, yeah. And then Netflix <laughs> is way at the top over there. Oh, yeah. And I remember going to, like, like, and then you, you're sitting there trying to 
fix these things because I was in there. They, they told me I need to replace this server. I'm like, I don't know what I'm yeah. doing at all, <laughs> but no one else available, and we need to. Oh no, not replace. We need to restart it. Oh, okay. on there. I was so, gonna say yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. re rack it. Yeah, we need to okay. start, and then they, we have them labeled. But I'm like. I don't know anything about, I don't know about yeah. this right here. Because if I mess up, what if I'm on the wrong, wrong rack? Because it's not like it says oh, yeah. our it says our name or the company on there. Yeah. And then, like, um, I like I, I can imagine, like, I'm pretty sure you guys take care of all that stuff right there and do all that. But, like, I know even, like, for us, I know some of the challenges that I think about um, from our daily kind of running the business part mm-hmm. is, like, like I have like this deep fear that someone's going to steal all of our data one day and we're going to get sued. Oh yeah. On there because like, you know, we don't process like our, you know, we don't, we, we do also, we don't process our payments on stuff and everything like that. Right. You know, I'm not trying to give any of my vulnerabilities away. <laughs> <laughs> I was but, say. Yeah. But like, you know, we don't do that, but it's just, it is a deep thing. Cause I see those things where you hear companies over and over getting fished or, oh, yeah. you know, I seen, I've seen a lot now on that part. I think oh, it's yeah. really easy to do it now. Oh yeah. yeah, that's the scary part. They're, the imposters get the imposters and the malicious actors are only getting better and better, and they have infinitely more resources than they do today than they did yesterday. There's there's entire countries we won't say which, but yeah. I mean there's entire nation states that are focused on that. It's an economy part of their of their country, so they have buildings upon buildings of talent, hardware, software to break into other you know break in, get your data, get out, or ransomware you. Yeah. It's, and they even have ransomware as a service. I mean, yeah. I mean, we talk about everything as a service these days. Yeah. Even the bad actors, you could just rent some, you know, malicious code or yeah. you rent some ransomware. Like, oh yeah, go after them. It's like, oh geez, I, I've seen that somewhere. <laughs> it's like you like you tell them you pay the upfront fee, and then yep. you get a portion of what they get back, and then they get the rest of it. It's it's investing. It's um, That's crazy. Sure, it's like not legal investing, but <laughs> I'm rec- not recommended. Yeah. Not a financial podcast too. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy, right there. Um, cause that's just a fear I had right there. And then, cause I've seen like when I was at all blue solution, we would have some, somebody, it was always be, it was never nothing complex like they have in the movie. Oh, yeah. It was not some guy breaking through your firewall, all this stuff right here. It yeah. was always something small, like, like Nancy who's in, um, HR yeah. messages, um, so-and-so in payroll mm-hmm. and says, Hey, or, or, or account or just a, an account receivables. And they'd be like, Hey, we need you to pay this invoice. Yep. And then what's the name over here? Doesn't message back at all. So, you know, it'd be like, you know, and then they'll do that, and then they say no. They'll send the money to this wire to this address, and, and it's gone. And it's I mean, gone. Once it's wired, you're never getting it yeah. back. I and mean, then I see that happen right there because I remember when we were at All Blue Solutions. That's literally that was a big part. Like that just happens so much. So, so what was All Blue Solutions? So um, All Blue Solution is a um, it's a IBM um, basically reseller mm-hmm. um, who offers managed services on top of it. And basically, the whole company works. We aligned to work with IBM on a lot of the partners on there to sell just to a lot of the bigger clients, is mm-hmm. people who didn't want to manage their own stuff internally. Yeah. Which, you know, as you know, most people shouldn't manage their own stuff. And <laughs> yeah. and especially when I've seen going forward oh, yeah. on there, like people have weak passwords and people never change their passwords. Oh, a lot yeah. of stuff like that. Admin, admin. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the admin one two three. Yep, ex- exactly. Yeah, you get in so yep. many accounts with that. So like um. <laughs> They would do that, and they offer it like um, obviously they, they sold all the products that anything anybody wanted from mm-hmm. the IBM suite, which is way too much software um, oh, yeah. on there. And then um, they went more and, and they kind of specialized a little bit into the security side, but only for IBM products mm-hmm. on there. So um, you know, I, I, I'm losing some of the names of them right now, but it was a lot of like end to end stuff. Um, and then they have like obviously like a lot of some cloud security, all that stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, on there and then m- most of it is um setting up things for users end-to-end um, management i think it's like a 
multi-device. I've got the word. I don't know. No worries. There's, yeah. there's so many acronyms in the industry. Yeah, it's, it's impossible so to keep track of. And there's a, there'll be more acronyms tomorrow. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you know, everybody's put cloud security on everything. Um, it is oh, yeah. like this, like, cloud, this cloud, this security. And then just throw it, those cloud onto anything that you can possibly think about. Um, so, so my main job was to get the leads in so we can get people in there. So we had a simple system. We had like probably like 30 landing pages for each oh, wow. individual products on there. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> and then for each any, any service, and then it'd be like specifically if someone's, someone wanted to um, do ending, uh, someone wanted to do like management for the end users mm-hmm. on that part of there. Um, I'm losing the name of exactly the thing right now, but on that one, if someone wanted to, um, they want to actually do security across so they didn't get like, you know, didn't get like DOS um, attacks and stuff like that. Yep. You know, we had some we had a service for that. And yeah, like every single individual thing that someone might be, uh, might, you know, think is going to happen or will happen. Because mm-hmm. most times it's just a matter of time. Exactly. On things. That's true. And then, um, and so my job is to bring everybody to there and I had to learn a lot about the software, how we do certain things, the naming of it, mm-hmm. how IBM has softwares that do the same thing um exactly and when to sell which one which yeah. doesn't make any sense when they do the exact same thing because you want to sell the one that you get the most profit from mm-hmm. on there and then just working through that right there and it was a pretty good reseller um i think we we're like one of the first to do managed services as they tell me on there oh, cool and 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 the time and you know, build a lot of stuff. I got a lot of leads in. I think you said we. I think you were telling me earlier you built uh, their SEO, their website, did a little SEO as well. Yeah, or so we did the e-commerce. You did the website. Spent a lot of time on ads, a lot of time on ads, um, and then we did we set up SEO and stuff so we can rank. So basically, um, we made a website. Um, it has every single part on there. I think it's still up. If you search for it, you can actually buy. It's the only place you can actually buy the software right then and there. It doesn't get yeah. downloaded, installed, but. You know, you'll get a link and they'll reach out to you, but you can actually pay for any software you have on it right then and there. Like oh, cool. even if you want to buy something that's worth ten million dollars, if your cart will go through, yeah, um, you can buy it on there. Well, airline yeah. points or miles or yeah, whatever. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so so that was like kind of interesting stuff right there, which kind of I learned a little bit now. Like not not people bought the bigger things, but people mm-hmm. like seeing the prices right then and there. Convenience. Most places you can't see pricing, which I understand because you don't know how people's situation is, kind of how to get pricing. But when it comes to software, it's good to be able to put in how many licenses you want and see oh, yeah. a relative thing. And that kind of helped us sell a lot more and gave us leads. So people would put in, they want more information about this product and yep. get on there. Um, we actually did have quite a bit of sales come straight through, but it was more on the smaller side. And usually they would sell, come in the back end, we would upsell them yep. you know, into something that they actually need. Because most people underestimate what they actually need to do. Oh, yeah. Um, I've noticed that. I thought for the most time people know, but. I realize no. If, if they yeah. knew, they would they would know. Better. You, you don't know what you don't know. That's a big part of life is helping people learn and kind of saying, "Well, what's your situation? This solution might not be sized appropriately. What about this other solution to hit those to reach those business needs?" Mm-hmm. And what was the biggest sale you had on the website? So um, we sold um, on the website. I don't remember the biggest sale on the website because I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't get like commissions for that stuff, oh, yeah. stuff like that. So the only thing I, I remember the stuff I did commission for. We so um, we um, we didn't sell straight to the website, but we got the lead in from 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 Marriott. They came in front of the that the hats in that part. They bought like I don't remember exactly how many te- teaser boxes, but it was like four or five or whatever. Mm-hmm. That part each box is like I don't know, like ten million dollars at the time. Wow. It was so crazy. What is it for folks and not not in IT? So I actually don't remember what the teaser oh, box was, <laughs> but from what I um, it's it's like a from what I remember because this has been a little bit on this part right here. 
Um, I don't know why I just went blank right there, but it's kind of similar to how the IBM mainframes are, but it's just oh, yeah. a newer version of that. Oh, yeah. Something like that on that part. I don't remember every single thing, but it's just a, it's just a big server, basically. Oh, yeah. You can run different things on there. It depends on how you do it, but it's done certain ways uh, on there, But on that part. But whatever. My, um, That's so incredible. Yeah. One of the largest hotel management companies on the planet yeah. went to the website thanks to you. Yeah. And they got that. Yeah. So they got it. And I worked through the deals. I I even got the. I even used to call them the leads at first, just to just to qualify them, because oh, yeah. so I can go through and they were interested in everything like that. And then, so basically, the deal is on that part is that like for how if you don't know many services, but how we used yeah. to do it is that we would buy the software and we buy the hardware on there, yep. um, and we were hosted and everything inside the data center for them, and then we would run all the everything to keep it in maintenance, make sure they're using it properly, upload everything, keep it updated, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was the whole thing. So they were spending currently, I think like it's been like. 80 to 70 million dollars every year kind of wow. doing this on their own mm-hmm. and so our service priced it out and everything like that it was like 40 million anybody 40 million a year on that part win-win yeah this is a win-win so yeah, yeah. So it's perfect <laughs> but um so like we put up the capital to buy all the stuff at first but since we we're buying it as a partner as you might know it's so much yeah. cheaper on that yeah. part or, or as cheap as it can be you know oh, yeah. you well, know it, it depends on the yeah. skew and the manufacturer yeah I mean, sometimes you get it, it might be a one percent difference i yeah. mean just kind of depends. Yeah, because you know it hard, it hardware is hard to do. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, they don't they don't really co- they don't really break down hardware costs on there, but the software stuff they got we got a deal on that, so we got to run in and stuff like that, and also too we got better licenses. But the thing is though, the amount of boxes they ran because they were instead of buying the actual like the number of boxes that they were trying to get at first, because they just want to just replace the stuff they had and redo it. Yeah. They weren't trying to do a managed service at first. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up convincing them into going that way because it'd be a better solution for them, yeah. and it was it was a way for us to can to work with them and compete with no one else was really competing at on that part because no one was willing to put up the thirty million dollars you need to buy the stuff. That's a big risk. Yeah, yeah that's and, a big investment. And then run from there. Yeah, and then but basically what what we would do is that we would do that, but since we didn't actually sell the actual um the piece of boxes the use we only we we did it by like a usage. Yeah. So the next person will come up. We will have some more um, space that we can actually use on there. We can use some more of the servers on there. Mm-hmm. And so now we would spin, it, spin that up and we would just keep having more and more so we can use the one-time investment. We can make money from – because Marriott wasn't using all the stuff they was, was yeah. thought they were going to use, especially when, when the engineers went in there, optimized the situation, mm-hmm. and then took a lot of like a lot of stuff they didn't need off of it. Because mm-hmm. like, I'm pretty sure you know it's, already, like, it's, like, it's so much um, like shelfware um, where people just buy software and never use it. Yep. And then they had all the software that they – might have installed on it in project they were planning on using mm-hmm. and they had other dedicated space for it, but they didn't, you know, they didn't use any of it. Yeah. So they like took all that away and we were able to get the most efficient way for them to use it. And then we were able still to sell the other parts and it's already paid for by them. And plus we get the profit and stuff around it. It's win-win. Yeah, it is win-win. <laughs> it was win-win. It's win-win for them. But for me, I was like, <laughs> I was like cause then, um, the, the boss at the time, he went to go buy a plane and I was like, I was like, oh man, <laughs> and then I, I, you know, I don't know what I was thinking or hoping at the time, mm-hmm. um, but um, I wanted, um, you know, obviously I wanted some more to flow bound my way, but yeah. technically I wasn't the actual salesperson, yeah. and it doesn't work that way on that way. But um, oh, it, yeah, so, so I was like, I might uh, have to go after this, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know. I'm one of those people. Where it's like I understand. I guess he wants maybe. People, I don't know. It, in my mind, the only opinion, the only opinion to buy a private plane was like when Mark Cuban had his justification for the reason he bought his because it buys you time. Because if you have a global business or you're going around everywhere and you don't want to wait in line at the airports and you can expedite the whole process, sure it makes sense. But I, 
like yeah just buying it for the sake of buying it. i'm like yeah. well, why <laughs> well he where i he did make a good case that he's buying it oh, okay. he's always in the airport he's literally going here and there all throughout the week in his whole part yeah, but maybe the difference was that he didn't buy like a jet on that part he bought okay. like a um propeller um it's propeller one it was oh, um okay. it was only, i think like i'm saying only but it was like 1.2 or something like that at the time. Oh, for, for planes that I'm, i was gonna say for a lot of people a lot of people would be like only it's like oh planes yeah. are you know 20 30 fit i mean yeah they go up, they, get, they get up high oh yeah there. And so this is the first one he bought. He was buying it because he wanted to learn how to fly and stuff like that. So yeah. it was like a recreation, but his goal was to eventually, because um, I think it was like four or six seats. I think it was six on there, on the mm-hmm. one he got. And so he can pay for it for him on the fly. He can work. He can move back and back. He wants to go through the, you know, the airports. Oh, yeah. And flying on the plane a couple of times and understanding kind of the process of it, because I did we get to use it sometime. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so then I was like, I understood why he got it. Because yeah. like, when you land and you get straight off the airport and you go straight to a car, oh, yeah. it's like a whole different world on that oh, part. Yeah. And not waiting around, dealing with everybody. Oh, on that yeah. part. I don't know if it's worth it, exactly for dollar-wise, but oh. it, it, but it's the experience for certain people, I would think oh, it's yeah. worth it. I mean, it's, how much is your time worth per hour? I mean, especially, I don't know, depending on what airport, you have to get there one, two hours early, yeah. deal with the hassle of all the luggage, all the logistics, and yet, you know, it's, it's a lot of time. So it's really, you know, after a certain amount of sense, it makes... Yeah. Perfect fiscal sense for some businesses. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it makes sense for him. At the time. I, I, I see it now. At first, I didn't know if it did at first. But now, looking back and seeing just what the clients were paying for him to go there and make the deal and stuff yeah. like that. Because you know, he would get paid to go out there to make a deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's on a whole new level right there. Um, so I I think it might be worth it for him on that part. Um, I want to buy a plane one day. Oh, absolutely. I think Mark Cuban still has the record in the Guinness World Book for the largest online transaction. I believe is what was it? What was his golf wing? Is it golf? He got, he yeah, got, he yeah, had a jet. It's like $40 yes. million dollars just bought it off eBay. It's like, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I, did he just run like a card on it or was it, was it ACH deposit? How did he do that? Actually, you know? I'm not sure if it was just a wire transfer on eBay because you have to have a pretty big limit to swipe that card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope they don't have his card information. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's on that way. On there. Um, but yeah, but that's kind of how I got introduced more into like, um, actually like, I like, selling the products and stuff mm-hmm. before I was, I was always around them and I was kind of understanding from how we use them, might use them internally inside a company, yeah. but actually selling these externally and being able to package things to people to, um, in certain ways to create value oh, yeah. um, while also to limiting your costs on what you're trying to sell. So yeah, I learned a lot during when I was at um, all blue station on there. And, yeah. and what was it like starting your first media company too? Yeah. So it was, it was actually, it was as an accident for Oh really? So, because um, now when I think about the part, like, I, like I have a friend, his name Tony. He's a big film guy. You know, you know, he's always been teaching me how to do certain things like that. He's you know, building, making movies, and all this stuff like this right here. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, "Well, you need to start getting film. You know, you need to start getting in front of the camera and stuff because you are, you know, you're pretty, you know, you know a lot and stuff like that." He would say, and I was like, "I'm not getting in front of the camera." But instead <laughs> of doing that, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to start um, doing weddings because I get paid for because I only want to yeah. do stuff that had money to do with it. Yeah. And then I got I got I got kind of contracted to do like one sports thing, and I was like, I love this. Yeah. And I like re brought back my um, love for football because mm-hmm. it went away after you know, you know, basically I had a situation at North Texas and stuff like that where like I got um got my scholarship taken away on the on, on there. Oh, I just yeah. I actually got signed away on that part. Oh, I guess I'm gonna take away if you signed it away. I didn't know that I was signing for it. Yeah. I was told it was for books. And uh, like I told you, three pages. Everybody had two. I didn't know that. Jeez, oh, I didn't they, read contracts at the time either. And they, and they stacked them too, right? It's like you had here's the main contract, then they have one thing, then they have the other thing. So you got three things 
over layered. So you're only yeah. seeing a quarter inch of the page where your signature goes. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, just sign this. Like, well, okay, I trust you. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, you, you, the coaches are, you know, you see them as father figures, oh, you know. Yeah. They bring in, I'm from, high, I'm going straight from there from high school, so I automatically thought, you know, you know, obviously they have my best interest at heart. You know? Oh, yeah. There's not no money getting exchanged for none of this stuff. Yeah. You know, like, you don't make money in college. <laughs> they, well, they do. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I should have understood it then. And that's when I learned that you got to read contracts. If you don't oh, read yeah. contract, you that's how you get burned. I read every contract on there. I agree. As there. Of all the things you need to start teaching in public schools is, or any schools, read the fine print, know what you're signing because I mean, you'll once you sign it, you'll never win the court. Like, is you're acknowledging that you read the whole thing? It's yeah, that's a key. That's a painful life lesson a lot of people learn. And so that's kind of like so I went from there and I was like so I was done with football. I didn't want to hear no sports. I didn't watch nothing. Yeah, you know I don't want to see a football. I was out there the person who was throwing football. I would go the opposite way. <laughs> And then, um, I, then I was like, okay, well, let me try this gig. It's like, you know, I'm gonna make like six hundred bucks to go out there for like a couple of hours and That's film. Awesome. So I went out and filmed. Like, I really like this. And I was like, like I always wanted when I was younger. I wanted to have. A, um, I always thought it was cool if they would film every single game. Like every game would be filmed for the most part. Like that local yeah. news would do. You know, instead of going to small certain games, they'll go to. I go to everyone, yeah. so you can see like kind of like the same thing experience we have with like the NFL or college. You, like everybody can have that experience going through high school. That'd be and awesome. So, yeah. And so that's what I thought I was going to do in Dallas-Fort Worth. I didn't know that there was um, like, I think it's like 300-something schools here oh, um, <laughs> that play football. So obviously that was going to work out um, on there. But um, I just started learning a lot of stuff because most times I never really was um, too big on social media at the time um, besides like um, Facebook ads and really ads. But I, it's my first time really like, testing stuff out and trying to do from an organic standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I remember like the first year we did it, I had like 2000 followers across everywhere. Mm-hmm. I know I was like, Oh, it's not too much, but at least you're making a name. People are, are right. commenting into, you know, going through our posts and stuff. And then I started to figure out there's tactics, same thing. There are like in ads and stuff as they are here. Yeah. So one strategy that I found out was that like, um, there's, you know, there's like um, curation sites, sites that post um, other people's content. It's huge. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. economy people don't realize exists out there. Yes. It's huge. All, <laughs> yeah, all they post, and, and I realized there's like certain genres on there. There's motivational ones. Yeah. There's sports-related ones. Um, you go into those like music ones. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is crazy. So I, so I was, then I, I overheard this guy. He was talking. He was selling. He was trying to sell this course mm-hmm. about um, about how to how to basically do a strategy to boost your engagement on there. Mm-hmm. And he was like ten thousand dollars. I'm like, I don't got ten thousand dollars. So I can't. I can't use it. Yeah, geez, ten grand. Come 10 on, grand. ten grand. But Jeez. in his advertisement, he gave too much information away. Oh, I no. thought. <laughs> I don't know if he gets much. I, he, tons of people signed up, but he gets much for me because he was saying like, "We put you in front of people who are already posting other people's content." And so when I heard that, I was like, "Well, I think I know what he's talking about." And yeah. so I started going through and I started just messaging every single person I can find that. That reposted, um, you know, just in a, any any content in the football space, mm-hmm. and then they started sending me back rates, and then that's when I and then I realized you can just post on there, and then you might get like three hundred followers for twenty dollars, and people who engage wow. and love what you're doing yeah. on there, and so I start building through there, and then like um, you know, and that's when I started actually understanding media, understanding like packaging it correctly so people will be able to watch it um, on there, especially from an entertainment standpoint. On there, um, which is you know, it's way different than doing something that's like when you're doing the people who are trying to make money, but yeah. people just entertain them, uh, like having the pictures look certain ways, what wording wordings yep. they use, 
and it's, it's a younger demographic. So I have to learn a lot of stuff that, you know, that they're doing. And um, realistically, like we built that thing from like, basically like a thousand then like the next year we got like ten thousand oh wow then after that we got to like well, we're doing like a million like views across like all, everything we were posting that's from like you know, some of the stuff is like low stuff like we know like tiktok and yeah. um, what you got we're doing like a million views every single month at wow. minimum um for it's every for like tiktok um twitter um and then um, instagram instagram facebook youtube and, uh, youtube was the smallest version of that just because it's really? a little harder on there but um, we've been doing stuff, and we we up doing videos like people. I guess people like watching high school stuff about people in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Oh yeah, yeah. And so th- it worked out pretty well on on there. And then um, I I started really to kind of like trying to push it more. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that strategy enough now that I noticed it. Yeah, I might have did it like three times, but I should have been doing it every single week. Yeah. And then you know I'd have built, I'd have grew a lot faster. Um, but um, what it did tell me like you know like preparing thumbnails and putting them together. Um, whole thing with copyright and on music that like, like, like the stuff we have now where you can actually use them, use the songs and stuff. Yeah. Like and everything, like I was, I was, I keep thinking about bringing it back and redoing it. Cause you can actually use music. I used to, um, like I started, I don't know. I don't think I even told you right here. Like I, I made a company specifically that makes music. Oh really? So that I can, um, use the music royalty free. It's called Kelly beats. Brilliant. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> and so like, um, yeah, so like I didn't make a lot of money from it, um, but it, it covers all the costs. People would find it because I would put it at the bottom of the, of the, the description, yeah, descriptions and stuff like that, and people would just sign up for it. So you know, it might be like eight hundred dollars a month or something like that, which is still pretty good because we don't do nothing. But I just used I I found the guy that was in like Ukraine or something like that, mm-hmm. and he just all he did was make music all day. And cool. so I told him like every song you make, you know, I'll pay you ten dollars for. It. Yeah. And so, and I was sending him a list of like, I want the songs to sound similar to this. Yeah. And yeah. then, so, so that's how I kind of, I, I played around with it. Then I did that. And then like, and I, a lot of the stuff on there, we made music from that. And then like, um, then I crossed that over with another company, like with Epidemic Sounds. And I put other stuff into it. So, cause I needed more vocal stuff. Yeah. Cause people, I seen the vocal stuff did better than just the beats. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, so to then, so that's how I went from there. We ended up building that up to like the time right before COVID stopped, that's kind of when I stopped, right when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had like, I think it was like 15 on Instagram followers. Mm-hmm. We had about like 25 on um, YouTube and we had about almost like 40, 50 or something like that on TikTok. Mm-hmm. That platform grew a lot faster than on Twitter. It was like maybe like three or four. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but it, it was really good. We, you know, you, you, we get really connected with the kids yeah. and um, I was able to get stuff seen by a lot of people. And, and then like, I just like the part where, like, you know when certain things are going to hit. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is going to be good. People are going to love this. Yeah. And then you see it, then you get 100,000 views. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> on there. <laughs> um, but that's, that was kind of my experience in that part there. Um, we ended up showing now because of COVID. And yeah. it was that, like, like I started that, um, for, and we ran it for, like, three to four years. And then, like, at the tail end of that, I was like, okay, well, I need to make some more money because my I'm doing consulting at the time. And I was doing it for um, a company called Lone Star Act, and we were doing like, um, uh, basically, they sell like um, loans on 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 land and agri- agricultural co- um, properties and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we were doing that, and I was working on that. I was like, I need some more money, so I was like, well, um, that's when I kind of got into the, the rental side because yeah. then you know I was already looking at you know me and my wife getting married. I called up, tried to see a little bit, you know, if I can do this. Mm-hmm. I spent the money at first, didn't work out the way I wanted to, then. Well, I didn't say it didn't work out. I didn't do anything. 
yeah. yes. So, so what is Kelly's Rentals and, and what was that story that inspired it? Yeah. So what inspired Kelly's Rentals is that um, I want to get I want to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up getting let go from a position that I was at before then. Um, so I didn't have the money to get um, married on that part with my wife and that, my wife at the time now. Um, and then so I called around and I'm like calling like, OK, I need a tent. I need this right here. I can't have it in the venue. It's going to cost so much. Yeah. And they told me the price of some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then me being the skeptic went through and just look up how much this stuff costs. And I'm like, oh, these people are basically killing on here. Yeah. And then I, have to, I, I buy the stuff. Basically, I pay for you to, to do it. And then you, and I got to give the stuff back. And you get to redo this every single week. Mm. And I was like, this has to be an opportunity on there oh, yeah. that, that I can possibly do. And then I had a, um, so basically, um, I'm really, I'm more of a, you know, a person. I'm better on the marketing side of it. Mm. So what I did was I created a website, just a simple form on there. And I was just trying to see how much traction I can I get. Mm-hmm. So I spent probably like $25 a day on Google ads mm-hmm. um, just to see how it came in. Yeah. First couple of days, I see people like, okay, I want to book this, I want to book this, I want to book this. That's incredible. So, so day one, you already had sales. Yeah. That's unheard of. Yeah. That's every entrepreneur's dream. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Congrats. So like, yeah. It's, yeah. It seems like it's a, a, you know, like a strategy where it seems like it's a, a overnight success. But that system I've been building, I use the same system Basically, because most of the business I worked in was service-based businesses. It's the same system I've been using for the whole time, you know, since I've started. So when yeah. I was spending um, $1,000 a month and making no money, yeah. and I would just refine it and just – I, I kind of knew it was going to work because I've already worked with, some, with a business that was relatively to that, you know, close to that. Um, they did equipment rentals, just like, you know, like backhoes and stuff like that. So I already right. knew it was going to kind of work because I've already put it together. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew where they might have went wrong at. And so when day one, the first day, I already knew I was going to get sell. I didn't know how many, yeah. but I knew that I was going to get some because just because I've already done this part already. Yeah. And and I've already scaled it up and I already grew. This is already like I already have all this, the blueprints for it. I just need to fix the stuff and then get the stuff and get it delivered to people, yeah. which ended up being challenging. I got it. So I, I do that. Um, first week, my wife's like, you can just test it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then later she sees all the emails come in. Cause I specifically get make the email sent to her because I want her to be okay with it, so when I can go buy the stuff. Yeah. And so she's like, "Oh my god, there's a lot of people." And then I'm like, you know, yeah. I'm gonna start booking stuff out for two weeks. She said, "Okay, go in and buy your stuff then." Yeah. So I buy the stuff. I spend like um, twenty something thousand dollars and stuff. Oh wow. And then like just buying like, all equipment. You know, each chair at the time was like a dollar, like ten dollars or so. You rent it for like a dollar, dollar fifty. Yeah. Tables need, for like. And you need a lot of chairs. Yeah. 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 Buy a lot of chairs, tables, all the stuff right here. And so um, I went to go. Um, by buying it, but then the stuff sh- didn't show up to the week after. We were going to show up to the week after. Oh, no. And so oh, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to refund everybody their money. And I was saying, like, I was like, dang, I really messed this opportunity up at first. And then my wife was like, oh, well, let's just look around. Maybe someone can, you know, you can rent it from somebody. Mm-hmm. And so um, she went on Facebook, looked on there, seen a guy um, on there who said he's renting chairs out for that. Um, and then he uh, then ended up being Eddie, my partner now oh, no at the time. But like, um, so I so he's at a movies. It's the only movie I ever seen him go to. Now that I know him, because yeah. I moved with his daughter, and he was texting me and said, "Hey, um, I'm at a movie. I'll call you at the." And I and then I tell my wife, "No, let me see the phone. I'm gonna call him." I call him, say, "Hey, I need you right now. You know, I need to rent everything you got right now because based on that part, because he he actually put what everything he had on there. No, oh, really." Not supposed to do that, but he just, yeah. but he put it exactly what he had, and I needed about everything he had on there. So I called him, and then he left the movie, came and got me, uh, and then I like brought this like trailer that I hooked to like a uh, Mitsubishi Outlander. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, uh, Outlander Sport, <laughs> like the small, like a small one, and then yeah. like, like it was like an eight foot by five trailer. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I I'm gonna see in the photo. I have that one, and then 
And then he, and then he was like, oh, what the? He what's like, going what's, on here? What's going on here? <laughs> and then he gave me all his stuff. <laughs> and I took all his stuff. I know at first, I'm pretty sure his wife was probably like, oh, they're going to steal everything or whatever. Because <laughs> like, I literally got everything he about, he about had. And so I went and do that. I did all the stuff. Terrible first day. Um, How so? What happened? It was like 15 deliveries on one day. Oh, my gosh. So you had to go 15 different events dropping off materials? Yes. Oh, my Crossed gosh. Crossed up. Just me and my, it was me and my wife. 15. Yeah. Didn't know what I was doing. Scheduled it wrong. Everything. I was yeah. I was late to some stuff, so we had to go out and put stuff on there. And then like, the put to make everything worse in that part. It was a terrible day. Everything was tough. I had to go do it again the next day. Pick it up. Like pick stuff back up. Some of the stuff that same day. And then like I asked one lady. I said, "Hey, um, can you give me a review?" And it was the one lady I was late to, and I didn't mean to ask her. Oh no! <laughs> and she did give me a review. She was actually pretty honest. And oh, she gave okay. me like a you know, it was, I thought it was a fair review. It was like a yeah. it was a three. Yeah. On the situation, I was like, "Oh, this is terrible." I'm already, I got a, I got a three now out yeah. of reviews. Like, and oh. This whole thing's going down the drain. I was thinking at first, and then, um, then the next week, I, um, I thought for some reason that would affect everything. Next week, um, next week, same thing. Like, I got a couple more five star reviews too that kind of balance it out. But next week, same thing. Even more people, and then it just kept going over and over. And yeah. then, and then, I, and then, me and Eddie would work on certain projects like the bigger stuff when you have to do like forty tables and like, forty. You know, yeah, 40 tables, oh a whole bunch gosh. of chairs, stuff like that. Which, at the time, I thought was big, but we do tons of those stuff now, like, oh, all really? the time. Yeah, it's standard. <laughs> yeah, it's a standard now. But, but at the time, it was like, oh, gosh, dang it. it was crazy. Yeah. And then um, I bought a trailer, I bought a truck, um, I, and, and then me and Eddie partnered together. We were partnering on a, a dishware company. Mm-hmm. Where we are just renting out dishes. Um, really? And then plates and um, silverware, all this stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you'd be amazed, like, you can rent each thing on there for, like, you know, you might buy it for like two dollars, but you might be able to rent it for like two, the exact same fifty two dollars. Yeah, because those things come with added service because people you have to clean everything, stuff yeah, like that. Clean package, yeah. keep track of. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But when you have three hundred people, you have the plate, you have each spoon, fork, knife, all that stuff. Oh yeah, you have a um, salad plate. You have multiple cups for everybody. Mm-hmm. You're looking at probably like fifteen dollars a head. Wow, that adds up. Yeah. And you think about it, so, and then you can pay someone to wash dishes pretty, you know, pretty cheap on that part because oh, yeah. as long as they wash, you know, one set every hour, you'll be able to pay them, yeah, you know, exactly. correctly. So that's how working out. So we did that, and then eventually we ended up combining um, in like February of 2020, and we got into the Irving warehouse that we are at now. Yeah, we're about to leave there, but you know, right at this exact moment, oh, yeah. so. that's awesome. Yeah. And then what were a couple of the kind of the biggest lessons learned. I, I think you were telling me how outsourcing helped you guys grow a lot too. Yeah. Or become more, a lot more efficient. Yeah. So um, I've been outsourcing, as you see, like from like when I was like a kid. Yeah. Because I couldn't do a lot of things. I'm just trying to find ways to talk to people. Like I used to go right. on Reddit, find stuff like that. Or like on, even like Stack Overflow, you can find people on there that's from different countries and you can work deals out and people right. who pay less. So I was using that, but like some reason like, at first, I was like, uh, we were paying someone like eighteen dollars an hour to answer phone calls, yeah. And like, we were we needed like two or three people, and I'm like, this is like adding up, and and the yeah. person's not showing up on time. Oh, they're they sound pretty lazy, like they're like they're acting they're kind of they're acting kind of lazy on the phone. That's why mm-hmm. they had like not really answer people's questions, oh, saying man. like you know like basically saying basically saying like hurry up and buy. It's basically what they're basically <laughs> almost close yeah. to that. And I'm like, I gotta find a different solution. And then, like, um, my aunt was like, well, we've been talking about um, doing it. Because she, she brought up a thing, like, well, you did outsource. Why don't you just outsource this position? I'm like, like I don't know, because most people's English is not as good. Yep. And then I remember in my head, I thought, 
I was just talking to someone yesterday who's from the Philippines, and yeah. I didn't even know they were from the Philippines. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, I was like, so I was like, oh my god, so I need to go there, and oh, so yeah. I went over there. I called a couple connections that I had in India, and then they passed me into some people that were close um, over there that knew a couple people. Oh, cool. Tested some people out, and then I started um, using them Upwork um, and a couple other services mm-hmm. and, until I got like a until we actually got a person who just finds them off of all these platforms. Yeah. Um, and then working that out, and that helped tremendously because um, that really allowed us to be able to um, get people who are dedicated, who will stay longer, mm-hmm. who actually seen this as a career, and they got paid pretty well. Because yeah. most people over there live lives similar to how we do. They stay yeah. in houses. Like our HR manager just built a new house, like another house that she's not the rental property. I'm like, oh, you're cool. doing pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> and like they're still getting paid from like five to ten dollars between, depending on the skill sets and stuff. And a lot of those other countries have a lot less overhead, a yeah. lot, lot less taxes for individuals and businesses as well. There's a lot less infrastructure taxes, like municipality taxes. So like housing, a lot of the things there are a lot yeah. more economical. So I think, I think you're telling me you're able to go, if you don't mind me uh, discussing like how much you were paying for that service in the U.S., then how much was it over there? Then I think you're telling me it's like four, t- four times more effective. Yeah. yeah. So it's astonishing. So like, so we're paying $18. Plus the taxes, um, and you have the workers' comps, and then like and liability, liability, all, all the other yeah. benefits. So basically, it ends up being like almost twenty one dollars and fifty cents a month. I think yeah. a person over there is um, you don't pay taxes on them because you know, yeah. we don't pay taxes on them. So, it's, so we actually have people start off at like four twenty five. Mm-hmm. They come in, they work harder, they work longer, yep. um, they care about the job more. Every single time you give an incentive out there, they take it more because it's a bigger part of their salary, yep. um, and. It, it just is really just astonished me. Like they, they went to school for this. They went to uh, vocal training. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we have some people that you won't even be able to tell the difference yeah. at all. Like it'll be, I actually think they sound better than I do. <laughs> I have this like Florida yeah. really talk really fast accent thing on there. And they have like clear, precise way above vocabulary. And a lot of times, and we don't know this right, but that's like the main language there. And, oh yeah. You know, and most of them, most people there are bilingual. And, but you know, but yep. a lot of times you can tell some people it's, a, it's their first language. Oh, yeah. And it's just a huge opportunity for a lot of different businesses if you can do it right. I know some people get kind of like stopped up on the, oh, you're not paying a living wage. But like it's the living, the, what's the living wage here versus what's the living wage yeah. there is two different things. Well, that's a lot of people, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. It's like, what is the living wage? Well, in the U.S., I mean, depending on, you know, city versus state. I mean, some people are paying 40 percent income tax plus a 12 percent state income tax. Then you have a property tax. Then when you go to the store, you have to pay eight in Texas. You have to pay eight point two five percent sales tax. Like that adds up a lot. How many? How much of that dollar you learn, earn every day is really yours? Yeah. Whereas and then you, everything's over more expensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a house in Texas in DFW is by like two million dollars now. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, I, they're getting expensive. It's like, but yeah, other countries have a, a lot less overhead, a lot less regulations, a lot less cost. So yeah. for them, that's huge. I'm, yeah. I mean, one of my friends used to tell me about how I used to travel overseas for vacation to like Thailand. I mean, just a couple dollars there would be stretched so much further. The food was cheaper. I mean, and so there's a lot of factors that go into it, but that's, that was one of my pet peeves is when people talk about, you know, a living wage or, I mean, different areas have different costs, different overhead, different environment, different cultures. It's never, it's never really an apples to apples comparison. So it's hard to, I don't think it's, it's not, it's not honest to say, oh, yeah, they're getting paid less per, you know. It, it's, not, yeah. it's, not, it's not the same comparison. Yeah, I see people, like, on Twitter go crazy on it. But I think a lot of people don't understand. Like, we had a, um, a couple people message us back and said they appreciate the job because, like, they were taking a bus um, into town, um, like, an hour or two or three, and they were making $2 an hour. 
And oh, wow. So you some, double their salary. Yeah, you double their salary, yeah. and you actually give them where they actually can move forward. They don't have to leave home. Yep. They're doing all this from the house right here. We bought um, monitors and stuff for everybody. Nice. Um, there and stuff like that. We have headsets. We, you know, they have stuff. We um, we send a couple of things out where, like, we have, like, if you get a certain amount of things, you get this. All right, incentives um, are huge. Yeah, incentives are huge over there in that part. And it's just, it just it was more like a team, and, like, I knew they were going to be here. And now we're coming up on uh, – Mostly, almost everybody's over a year already now. Oh, it's awesome. And, you know, so like, you know, and we have a couple people that's like you're going to have and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's coming up on like having like a full team in the back that's always together and stuff yeah. like that. And it kind of talked to your other point before. Like, we have like one person on the team. They probably not going to, they probably don't know who this is because we have quite a people. It's like 15 people back there now. Put yeah. on the team that possibly doesn't fit the skill sets that they need to do there. But like you said, like you would rather take somebody who shows up every single day, is enthusiastic stuff like that and really just like build and that's that same person right that we have right there and i've been realizing like that's like the difference like it's not like people in the united states are just bad terrible we have some good people but it's like you have to find somebody who wants to make this their career and yeah. it's hard to pay that someone's career in the rental you know in the rental industry when yeah. no one no one no one most people don't know about, really about it mm-hmm. and then most, no one really wakes up and says you know i want to work in the rental industry on the phone yeah. <laughs> on that part yeah. i mean like it just you don't pay enough over here because we just all the costs and stuff. Oh yeah, and so I I think that 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 right there has really helped. Um, another issue that we had was um, we tried to use strategies from other businesses mm-hmm. that were not proven in our industry, and I thought that I was smart enough to make it work, even though it's most people probably said it wasn't gonna work. Oh really? Did, did the Amazon thing where like I have warehouses everywhere. Yeah. And like, um, it, it makes sense though. So can you tell your, tell us a little bit about your concept or the, kind of your idea behind that? Yeah. So, um, I was thinking where there's like four corners in the, in DFW or four, not four corners. Yeah. Four, basically like four areas, four main areas. They're like a, kind of like a garland kind of, um, East South side. You have like, um, then you have like DeSoto, um, Duncanville mm-hmm. and then Fort Worth and then Frisco kind of area. Yeah, and then technically I didn't too, but I was not counting them. Yeah, this one. So you have those four things. I was thinking, well, I'm going to put a warehouse in each area, mm-hmm. so we can be closer to each customer. Yeah, so they can come pick stuff up. Well, that, that part worked out pretty well. Yeah, but and but I'm going to make the system work as one system, so you don't have to go from this place to get this stuff. Just wherever you are and whatever you pick the stuff at, you can get anything from any one of these locations. Yeah. So you go online, you order, you know, you order 100 chairs and you order like some throne chairs and some tables. Mm-hmm. No matter where the stuff is, we're going to get it delivered to you. And it's only gonna be priced from that one warehouse. Mm-hmm. We'll just move the stuff between warehouses. Yeah. So that's the idea. So we got to three of those. Yeah. Uh, we got stuff kind of. We didn't get exact, but we got a place in Irvine. We got a place in Fort Worth. We got a place in Frisco. Yeah. And then that's when I started realizing that like we're spending like ten thousand dollars a month moving stuff between warehouses. Wow. Was that on top of rent? Yeah, just ten dollars. Just ten thousand dollars in logistics and moving. Just in logistics. Oh my like gosh. Moving people around. All this right here. Refunds if you don't have the stuff there. Yeah. And then I realized too like. It just be better if, especially if our main priority is to have people get stuff delivered, because that's what most we're doing. Yeah. So the stuff's not there when the driver needs to have it there to deliver it, so they have to wait. But the tell behind it, customers don't like when there's stuff coming two different shipments if they didn't yep. know it was going to come in two different shipments. Confuses them. Yeah. Complexity. Yeah. The expectations are just thrown out of whack on there, mm-hmm. and so it just it made it very logistically challenging. And no other person it does it the way that we do it. Mm-hmm. And I thought it, at first I I had a I did that it could be because, you know, it's, it's, it can't, it's hard to do. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, most people are just not taking up time and not smart enough. And this is yeah. when I got humbled 100%. Yeah. And then, um, and so, like, that was kind of like the general thesis. Like, I want to do what Amazon did, but mm. I think we need to have the, the warehouse need to be bigger. Yeah. 
they need to be individual inventories between each one on there, and you have to request transfers in between on there. But you need to move more than what you have because yeah. we're selling out. So you, if you miss one chair, then we're like off oh, completely. Yeah. So like we didn't have enough stuff. We didn't have the right manpower. People, um, because we didn't understand at the time that like you need to incentivize people to work at night. So people don't want to come in during the daytime and then come back at night. Yeah. So you need a different person. And then if you don't watch them, they take too long. And then, like, just because of stuff, you have to go through all these places, like a triangle, yeah. go through. Um, but that's kind of, like, the main reason, kind of like where I said we don't do that. But we're getting a new warehouse. It's in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So it's still cent- it's very central. Um, it's, like, um, north Dallas, kind of right near, like, Royal Lane, basically. Yeah. 12,000 square feet. Um, we have a... Then we have like another area that's like six thousand square feet of gated area, and then like another four thousand in front that we can do stuff in. Yeah, and it just removes so much of the complexity that we're having because most people I talk to in the industry um, don't have any of these problems that we have. Oh, really? You know, and like the problems that they have, we had to fix it because we won't be able to run business if you know we because we we got to get stuff to where it needs to be. Is like yeah. we have to make like you have to make two deliveries for every one delivery. Basically, you have to deliver the stuff to the right warehouse. Yeah. And you'd be so surprised. I had a I tried to build like a predictive algorithm. That would tell you where the stuff's going to be at for the next one, mm-hmm. and it was so difficult because it was because even that right there when I was playing around with it, it was say like it was basically it was never a situation where stuff was built put right where you need it to be. Yeah, it's always this this chair came over here. We only have two of these, and both of these are in Fort Worth, but they need to be going out of Frisco. Oh jeez, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then like so the driver has to go there, and then you're like, oh well, we need dishes. All the dishes are in are, are in Irving, mm-hmm. and then. <laughs> a lot of logistics going to that. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, we didn't have the capabilities to do it, or I didn't want to spend no more to do it, especially when no one else in the industry had to worry about that. Yeah, on there. So that was the issue. That was a really big issue. And then like another issue was like understanding the finances behind it, mm-hmm. like how the money is actually supposed to be managed and run correctly. Because mm-hmm. um, you would think in a, in a apartment space, there's no reason ever to run out of money because you get prepaid for every single thing. Yeah, and so you should always have money for stuff. Yeah. But I realize a lot of people in the industry don't understand the process because we didn't understand it either. Mm-hmm. So, like, last year, um, I took the time and I really figured it out to rebalance our books, get money where it needs to be at. We have, like, a now we have, like, an unearned account. So all the new bookings going in there, we have an earned account for this is what we can spend for this week. We have a – because, like, our payroll is, like, a um, a week back. So we yeah. have an account that you pay into that account for that stuff and then mm-hmm. it has all the fixed expenses that you would pay, like, if it's for each week, we pay like a quarter or not. I guess how's that? Is that number? But it's basically like um, one. Um, I think it's like five, like two percent of the amount that we pay for the whole year for all this stuff. You to that week has to pay into that portion, yeah. so you have all the fixed expenses. And I have like a detailed things. I'm writing like an ebook on this right here, just because yeah. other people in the industry to learn about it. But that was like really big, right there, and because like I think that like changed the whole thing because like we would get some weeks. If you just do it off for sales, if you do um, if you do fifty thousand dollars in sales one week, but you have a hundred thousand dollars in work, and yeah. our profit margins are around forty to fifty percent, depending on what we're doing mm-hmm. um, on there, um, you, you're looking at like you know, you're not gonna be able to pay it for to do the stuff yeah. if you're only using sales. So we were getting the weeks where like you know like I would have to like like money's usually supposed to flow to you, but now yeah. you're sending money back the opposite way yeah. into the company, and that really like put a lot of stress on the business and. Mm-hmm made us not be able to make the right decisions across because we have to make decisions that's just based off of money. Usually don't make the right decisions. So getting oh, yeah. that fixed was like huge right there. It's interesting, especially with the warehouse thing. Cause it just 
conceptually, it does sound like more warehouses, the better, more ge- more, geogra- more geography covered. I mean, that's what a lot of the business to consumer, you know, like direct, you know, when you're shopping from you know, like Amazon.com or something that I thought was somewhat reminded me of your company was like Uline. Like with yeah. the, all the materials when I need boxes or, you know, office supplies, one of the reasons they're so successful is because they have, I don't want to say countless warehouses, but many, many, many warehouses. So they have, they have the option for, you know, same day delivery and all that stuff. It makes sense, you know, extremely quick. It always shows up on time in great shape, but they're never taking stuff back. So for them, it's always just one way of flow. Yeah. So it makes sense. Your situation is a lot more complex. And then the box thing, like having stuff that like I realize why everything comes in boxes now mm-hmm. because it's so much easier to stack it in the truck. You can yeah. run things very um, like you can put a lot of stuff in the truck when you're doing like chairs, weird shape objects yeah. um, that don't fit on there, like podiums and you have to put all this stuff on a truck. It's so much wasted space you might have because you can't put you can't put something too heavy on a throne chair or that throne chair is going to be broken. Your thousand dollars is going to be gone. Oh wow! So like so like it, I realized like that's why I realized the model was was more placed on like having like, you know, Amazon, they, they bag everything, they have boxes, like everything can be easy to put in there. It's not, they're not moving a lot of bulky furniture items all the time. Yeah. And the companies that do move bulky furniture items, they are moving stuff with 18 wheelers and, and they have one big distribution center. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I was trying to think from a smaller product style, but like when you're bringing in stuff and when you're dropping off an average of 500 pounds to, you know, to 10,000 pounds of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't really do that. Right. Cause you have to move that stuff has to be moved gas and the vehicle costs oh yeah and then yeah it, it gets yeah i'm not saying that's saying impossible oh yeah i'm just trying to say like i don't think there's a i don't think there's a, a good affordable way to do it underneath um 10 million dollars yeah <laughs> on there, just what i'm just seeing like you like you mean you would need 10 million dollars of investment or re- revenue to revenue, justify revenue it just to justify okay. yeah. on there because even like that there's like stuff that gets missed in, but on there opportunities that gets missed because it because most people don't count this right here mm-hmm. but like when the team knows that it's hard to move stuff, yeah. it makes them less likely to want to sell stuff because they don't want to deal with the problem if the stuff's not there. Yeah, and, yeah so it it makes a, like a mental kind of bat on that part. So like we've dropped one of the warehouses um, and we're just down to Frisco, what you call it. We're, once this deal closes, we'll be moving into there. We have those things worked out. So we oh, nice. just move straight into there and we get a bigger space. Uh, we get to actually utilize our forklift, which... Oh, cool. Yeah, which I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how people have so many of them. Things are so expensive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but we get to utilize um, everything we can put our racks and stuff in there and really like take hold of our business. Like, um, I think that's why we're gonna double this year at least in size. Oh, congrats! Just, just because you know we're gonna be able to be more efficient. Oh yeah, save money, and we're gonna be able to offer just a better service on there. And I'm turning the ads up completely. But <laughs> you're doing you're doing what? I'm turning the ads up a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, but those like I think the three on the most part on there, the warehouse, um, the finances, and then um, the outsourcing has really been huge um, for for like just like specific things. I think I've done very well, and then like understanding how the business works, obviously. But you know, that's kind of general. And then out of curiosity, what was the other incentive? Because I, th- I remember we were chatting a little bit about how you're having issues with incentivizing drivers, and yeah. I know I mean one of the hardest things to deal with owning a small business or any business is controlling the cost because you know they can quickly get out of whack and they could potentially handicap or even make the company go out of business yeah so so my thought on this right here and i heard someone say this too and it, and it didn't make sense at first but like when like so like if i pay you by the hour you are incentivized to take more time yeah. i'm telling you that i care more about the time how more time you spend on this the more i care about it 
And then um, I realized that, like, but if you're in a situation, you want stuff done faster, then we need to incentivize them to do it faster, which would be like, if you, I don't care how much time you spend on this, but you get paid. You spend one minute, you get yeah. paid $50. Yeah. So it's so just lining our incentives to work properly inside the business. Because um, I, I realized like a lot of businesses, a lot of people, we, we do that. And, it's, and it kind of sucks because it's hard in certain things. Yeah. When there's not like a specific end goal, like where like this is worth this. Yeah. So for us, we had to go back through. I figured out how much actually delivery costs, realized that we weren't charging enough. So I, basically three times the delivery costs on there. I thought the business was going to be over, yeah. you know, but it didn't. We didn't go away. People paid it. We paid a better service. And now our drivers now, they get paid a, a portion of each deliveries. I have a system that I built out that goes through and weighs out, like, how far it is, um, how much time it's going to take to get there, um, how much time does it usually take to have similar items being dropped off in the past because we log all the data and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we have, like, an average and then, um, I, then any special services, they'll get a portion of that. So like stuff oh, that, nice. yeah, stuff that's like difficult. Like if you had to pick something up at one a.m., like oh yeah, it'd be you're not gonna want to do that. <laughs> but if the customer pays us three hundred dollars and we give you forty percent of that, oh yeah, you'll be and willing you, to go there. Will. Yeah, you'd be willing to go there for one hundred and twenty dollars to go there on that. But but it's like stuff like that because it incentivizes people to to go do it. I, technically, they'll get sixty because they'll get if it's like half and half of each drop off and delivery. Yeah. But um. People, so we, we learn how to incentivize them to do the stuff that we want them to do because we had a big issue where no one wanted to do the late-night pickups mm-hmm. and stuff. So we just readjusted every the whole system. So now we go into the week, and I can tell you exactly, like, how much we're going to spend on, on labor. Yeah. You know, and then we don't get out of whack, and we're in line. Like, like they know how much they're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, we're able to, you know, try to increase it, and they're trying to do stuff to help us. And also, too, I've seen it help out, too, because we've seen people, um, we've seen a lot of our drivers we start noticing things too. Oh, really? So like, you know, they'll start taking more time and stuff like that. Cause they're like, okay, well this person didn't take stuff down before they might've just done it and whatever and took the time. Yeah. But now if you know they'll send the photo in, I've, I've never seen so many more photos where people haven't, uh, t- they haven't set the stuff, like have the stuff still set up and have it tore down. Mm-hmm. Cause now we get to recapture that revenue too, because yeah. they're more aware of it before they have to do it anyway. It don't matter. They don't send a photo. And so they just do it and we don't get charged for it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of stuff like that. And I think too, It'll get better service to the customers because the customers um, get their stuff faster. Yep. Um, they understand the process. They work certain things out. They get incentivized. They get reviews and stuff so that they provide a better service completely um, on there. And it just and overall, they get more tips and stuff oh, yeah. on there. So I think that's been And then they have no – and then for them, the, the drivers, they get to go home faster. We've seen that we were paying everybody between sixteen and eighteen dollars an hour to do deliveries, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what it was doing. But now we're doing the same amount of deliveries, but they're getting paid. Sometimes they pay twenty five, sometimes even thirty dollars an hour, depending on what they do. Oh, and wow. they do a night night pickup might be sixty dollars. Yeah, on that stuff. So it's like you know we've seen, but the only difference, like, and we're not paying anymore either. Mm-hmm. We're actually paying less than we used to pay. The only thing is that person's incentivized to actually move yeah. faster in that part and we've seen that in gas too our gas prices have dropped the same amount too really yeah so like another thing we started doing on gas we used to have gas cars mm-hmm. some reason the gas cars like every single week we spend like two thousand dollars on gas i'm like that's a lot yeah so what we did is that took away the gas card and everybody had to pay for their own gas but they, and they, get, they get reversed right after which is sell your receipt yeah cut gas in half instantly what yeah and it's kind of fishy, right? You yeah. like, like, you start thinking like, well, what's going on? And yeah. we we look back through the data, we couldn't find anything that was like at least blatantly obvious mm-hmm. that was like stolen or something like that. But I don't know, it just it, it got cut in half, so that's interesting. I guess people don't use as much gas when they have to put up for even when they get reimbursed for it. Mm-hmm. 
because like we have a system um it's the force it's called a force app um you plug it into the um like the little receiver on the on all the trucks and stuff oh yeah and then it tells you the fuel and stuff like that so like if you pay whatever fuel you pay we should see it in the thing we have a dispatch team that they send all the information from and then they get confirmed and then then they'll get reimbursed by the hr team if everything checks out yeah and so it kind of puts extra system so maybe people were I don't know. Maybe people were filling their own tanks up or filling someone else's tanks up yeah. or whatever, but it doesn't happen anymore. That's good. Yeah. So yeah, we've yet to see someone try to reimburse $200 for something mm-hmm. when they had to pay it up front. Yeah. On there. And even if they got it back. So that worked out and we kind of cleared up stuff like that. And that just start doing little things like that to increase profitability and stuff yeah. on there. It's amazing. Sometimes the littlest things make the biggest difference, especially in aggregate. You're making all those little tweaks, all of a sudden your company's that much more exceptional and you'll be able to provide that much better service be that much more efficient too yeah um I, yeah it's been crazy and i think we got a lot more stuff we have to work on specifically mm-hmm. like like how we pick the stuff out we need to make get it more organized with that we have to make sure stuff is coming back when we move this new warehouse we're gonna we have a certain section where the drivers bring all the stuff back they're gonna drop all the stuff off in that section so we can count it make sure everything comes back exactly as supposed to check it get it checked into the inventory system and go from there mm-hmm. and then like i have like a i have like a another version of the software that I haven't released yet um, that I've been working on that better does the, uh, does the inventory a lot better. And um, it really works on like, I've been trying to combine some of like basically some of the AI stuff, like to work on it. Oh really? Cause like we run all our, like all our um, like, emails, all the text messages, all the stuff runs through the site. Mm-hmm. So you can, everybody can log in, you can see it, you can see all the stuff on there. It'd be nice. Like some of the messages I think could be easily responded faster to yeah. with just like, you know, like a chat GBT API just going on there and just responding back to his message with, you know, and we've trained the model with all the data we have yeah. on stuff. So I was thinking about using that and I was, and I've been working on it and we're going to release another version that allow us to respond to people faster. Cause we start doing live chat. Um, I really want to move live chat on to where instead of using a software where I just build it into the site. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just other stuff. It's like, we use like HubSpot and it's like free. And so, like, oh, that's a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's other stuff going on that too because now you don't have control of some of the data and all this other stuff too mm-hmm. that we've been noticing. Um, but we've just been trying to expand that and really like grow from those areas and really like build out the sales team, operation team, make everything consistent because we got um, the next mission and the next part is, is once we get the new system down in the new warehouse, we're going to start replicating these all across these are the country, everywhere we can find them. Every, every oh, really? city that's over 500 people. And meet like fifteen other criteria, but yeah, yeah. we we'll start replicating it. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, so hopefully you invite me back one day oh, on the absolutely. podcast and <laughs> walk you through that stuff too. It'll be interesting. Absolutely, you got all the right building blocks. Yeah, I got step. I got the building blocks fell on me a couple times. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you st- restack them and it gets a little bit taller every time. Yeah, and then what do you like to do outside the office? So um, when when I'm not working, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I've I've been getting into content. Yeah. Um, one more. Um, and then mostly um, I, I bought a four-wheeler and a, a dirt bike this year. Oh, nice. So, you know, i just been playing around a lot more. Um, yeah. um, this is like the first year, I, like, I'm actually buying stuff for myself. Yeah. You know, you know I, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I just, I haven't really spent much time on it. I was like, I'm going to do that this year. Like, we, I've done some stuff. I have the money for it. And then, like, I, we, me and my um, friend Eddie, with my partner, we bought these Mocha Troll cars. Oh, really? And that's when, like, kind of like the ones that come, one of the companies I think you work for, we bought, like, two cars from them. Oh, yeah. And then um, we just been, like, just like doing stuff like that, just kind of get back to my childhood stuff like that. Cause like, I like, I like building things when I grew up yeah. and then like now, like it seems like most of my life have been optimized towards making money mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get back to 
focusing on doing things that I like to do a lot more too. That's not just associated with money. Yeah. But if I get paid to do it too, I, I like that too. <laughs> That's a win-win. It's bonus. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, trying to, you know, do more podcasts like this right here. Um, and then, but my real thing outside of just right here is that I've been working on this book with my partner Eddie and it's a rental book. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And so I'm trying to, um, I'm just, just like a lot of stuff we've learned, the problems and stuff we have. Um, I'm just trying to find like one place for someone, for people to come in the industry and can avoid all that stuff. Yeah. Because we, we caught so much issues and problems and like, and had to deal with all these um, pain points that we could have just avoided if we would just fault the stuff. We would have managed the money right from the beginning. We would have not used our credit cards to go buy stuff at the beginning to yeah. keep our credit high. And we don't have to deal with the two gears of dealing with that right there. If we would just if we would just went out and just got a loan instead of the credit card, yeah. and then like how you place and do certain purchases at certain times, like understanding like what, what, how, what, and how to track certain people and how to do certain, how to incentivize people to do the right things, like how you should run your systems, um, where you should get your clients from, what stuff we've seen that's proven, what um, stuff you should um, track, all this stuff right here. So I just we've been that's kind of like been like my side project on there. Oh, that's gonna be awesome! I can't wait yeah. for it to come out. I'll definitely get a copy. Yeah. All right. I'm seeing you one. See two. Oh, appreciate <laughs> it. I always read a book a month. Yeah, yeah. you you do. So how's that go? Oh yeah, pretty good. Um, they're usually business or philosophy. So re- this month I'm almost done reading. I forget the actual title of the book, but it's by the Jell Bernie, the founder of Home Depot. Yeah, and their fascinating journey just building the store and just going from you know just Does it dive deep into the the the, the separation portion. Oh, the what now? The from the lows and stuff, the wife thing. Uh, it hasn't touched that topic yet. Oh, that's what. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's. That's been one of my favorites this year, and I read the Mark, not Mark, uh, what was it? I forget the the first gentleman who founded Netflix. I know Reed, Reed is what a lot of people know as the face of yeah. it, because he was the CEO once they got the first big cash infusion, and they expanded the company from a concept. But that was a month before. So I always liked them in terms of retail. I think Sam Walton's book was last year. That was one of my absolute favorites, and and it actually reminded me of when you were talking about the airplanes and how does an airplane be a tax deduction house of business. But Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart and yeah. Sam's Club, he was a big aviation fan. So he had an airplane. And when they first started the company, they didn't have Google Maps or anything. So yeah. he would actually take his plane and fly around just trying to find big plots of land. Like, where would be a good spot for our store? That's crazy. It's like, where would be a good one? And then once he was so so passionate about the store, every time they opened a store, he wanted to be involved. So he'd go do checks on the store. So... And he, of course, found, oh, yeah, it's cheaper and faster for me to just fly myself. So he'd go all over the country doing quality controls, getting to know the people working the stores. And consistently, when I look at all these books, the businesses that are always the most successful long-term are the ones that the founders and the subsequent, the later leaders, they all have a fierce passion for putting the customer first and just doing everything they can to improve the customer experience and make sure they're happy. And that's how the businesses keep growing. So that's how I'm trying to grow my business, and I can clearly see that's how you're doing your business as well. Yeah. Because without any happy customers, you don't get nothing. And as far as our customers should be happy throwing parties. Exactly, right? (laughs) We try to make people understand, like, you're still throwing a party. Like, you know, it's fine. Like, everything's going to work out, you know. Exactly. Don't worry about little things. So we had a guy today, literally before I got here, I went to one of the Irving Warehouse. Mm -hmm. I was dropping some dishes off that um, we we resell stuff, too. We just got, we do, like, a little small bit of it. And then one of the persons was like, hey, like, this mark right here. And then I told the guy, like, Oh, what matters most to you? Yeah. He's like, well, we don't take a photo. Okay, okay, I knew that. You take a yeah. photo. So put that chair over there. Take a photo. Tell me if you see it. Yeah. 
and never and he's like, all right, perfect. Then you don't <laughs> see it because you don't see it because it might be little scratches. It's rent and stuff, oh, yeah. and they might be on the side, but like on the part that you're actually going to see and, and feel. Like, yep. If it's at the bottom, you know, all right, it's yeah, on that part. But we're trying to make people too because I think in the party space we get kind of hyped. A lot of people get over hyped on things. Mm-hmm that don't matter to actually your event. Yeah. And we try to sway people to understand, like, you are still throwing an event, and this is your important day. You shouldn't be oh, yeah. worried about these little things. And then with the convenience, taking care of the stuff, and doing that stuff, we kind of hopefully eliminate the process, eliminate a lot of that worry for them, and just on the full service side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't have one to see your company continue to grow. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thanks for coming on the show, bud. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Topping Talks, don't forget, is also on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers. Heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone. Just y'all stay safe. Have a great day.